Well, you guys ready to be free? <laughs> you know, I, I, I grew up a very patriotic family, very patriotic. My dad, of course, in the Navy. So, um, you know, we didn't have fireworks everywhere, but a lot of places, you know, we had great fireworks shows. And of course, a lot of times, you know, it'd be with, with uh, you know, Navy ships or airplanes. My dad was an airman, so... I know some people are confused about that. The Navy's not all ships, actually. They actually have more pilots, I think, than the Air Force. But, but regardless, we were always on air bases, so always surrounded by, by airplanes. Uh, you know, sonic booms as a kid was just part of life, you know. It was just what it was. I mean, we always had that. And I, I've always appreciated what, what the U.S. military has done around the world, freed so many people. It's just mind-blowing, honestly proud of this country. I'm happy to be an American. I'm grateful for that. If you've ever traveled abroad, I think that's one of the most, probably one of the most uh, patriotic things you can do is to go other places and realize how good it is that we have here. But I do want to talk about freedom today, but from an angle, maybe you, maybe you expect this, maybe you don't, but I really do believe this, that, that freedom a lot of times rings from where you are in life. You judge freedom from who you are, where you are. Now, a lot of you all are wearing flags and patriotic things, and I think that's great today. But I'm curious about how we define freedom. Are you personally free? I mean, personally, in your, in your personal life, how free are you? You know how it is for some of you young people, you experience more and more and more freedom. Then you get to a certain point in life, and you're a lot more free, and then you realize how many responsibilities come along with your freedom, right? Nobody's buying you Cheerios anymore. Right? And now you guys are probably aren't there yet, but you get to that point. Maybe you're a college student, or maybe you're uh, out on your own for the first time, and you realize, oh, someone was putting that milk back in the fridge. And if I just drank right out of it and left it on the counter, it's not as good like after a day. You ever done that? Anybody done that? Anybody got that chunky mouthful? Uh, you're free to do that. Do you follow me? Are you getting this yet? Okay, hopefully you get it because we're, we're going to be doing this all morning. You're free, but with freedom comes responsibilities. And there are consequences when you're really free. There are. And those consequences sometimes are chewy and... I'm just kidding. I, I'm joking. I'm sorry. I know that's... Oh, man. There's nothing like the smell of that milk, is there? Yeah. I know. I was a microbiology major when I first went to college, and one of the things they told us is that milk is always in a process of <laughs> decay. It's just a matter of degree. And yeah, we are too. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. All right, so how free are you? Do you have a boss? I mean, are you the boss? Because even if you're the boss, you're not completely free, and you know what I'm talking about, because you've got taxes to pay, and you've got people, and you've got bills, and you've got, you've got their families to worry about. You know, money is really completely free. You think you are and you want freedom, but then you realize that freedom also has responsibilities. There's rights that go along with it, but there's also responsibilities. Are you, are you free at home? We already kind of talked about that, but let's be honest. If you're married, you're not free. You're working with somebody in co- cooperation, hopefully, and there's not total freedom. It's just not like that. Are you financially free? Can you do whatever you want financially? No. Even if you're very wealthy, God bless you. But even then, you've got responsibilities. Again, there's going to be taxes to pay. And there's going to be responsibility that God puts on you. If he trusts you with, with money, blesses you with that, there's a responsibility then to, to operate with that and invest it 
in a way that is God-honoring. That's also a responsibility. It's not complete freedom. Any of you who have debt, you know what that means. When you look at the end of the month and you think, wow, I can't just do whatever I want. (laughs) Families, you just move wherever you want, go wherever you want, live wherever you want. You know that's not how it works, right? Freedom is great as a concept, but then when you start to live it out, you realize freedom has its limits. And we're not as free as we think we are or want to be even. And of course, we live in a country, in a world, we live around other people, and our money is not just ours to do with whatever we want because we all know how it's been at the pump lately. Um, I am so grateful for my truck, and I, I praise God for it every time I fill it up. You know how much I spent yesterday? For those of you in California, you'll probably think this is great. For those of us here, not so great. It was $104. And after I praised God for the truck, I thought about, where should I not drive this week that I drove last week? I'm not even playing. I did think that. So I was screwing that cap back on the truck, the gas cap, and shutting the lid. I thought, where did I go this week that I didn't have to go? Do you see what happened there? My freedom is less because of the cost of fuel and it's changing the way I'm going to behave next week. Do you see how that works? It's almost like a secret tax that you don't realize that's sucking freedom right out of your life. And the cost of everything has gone up. Somebody mentioned to me this week that they'd gone to a local fast food place and just the normal value meal ended up costing them $15. Where it wasn't that long ago, was it? I mean, I know we're getting old, but... You'll never say this, right? You'll never say, back when my day, or back in the day, or was it that long ago that you could go to a fast food place for seven bucks? Is it really twice that now? You guys see where I'm going with this? Freedom is great, but we, we are not free. There's things that impinge on our absolute freedom. That's just normal life. Maybe because of our country, you, you think we're free, and we are. We are more free than most countries. I... I am grateful for that more than you could ever imagine. I am so grateful. We have rules, though, in our society that govern our freedom. As part of this society, that's, that's how it works. We have freedom, but within limits. We are granted. Now, I say granted, and that's the wrong way to say it. Our, our Constitution recognizes rights that are given by God. That is unique, and it's unique in the world. Not everybody has a constitution and nobody recognizes that actual rights come from God and then the government is supposed to protect them. That's different than most countries. I learned that, and, and I may have shared this, I don't remember, but, and we are, I, did, I, did, I was able to book uh, Pastor Grant from uh, Jamaica. He was the superintendent of Jamaica for many years and runs the orphanage that we volunteered at a couple years ago. And um, we were actually, le- we were leaving um, the kind of the touristy area where the, where the airplanes land and we're heading up to the mountains but we, before we got out of there there's this huge traffic jam and you know all these literally again the older feeling older thing you're looking at kids holding submachine guns and like what's going on and the taxi driver said well in Jamaica we do not have a bill of rights and I'm looking at him like you know what that is and he goes I wish we did he said but somebody a tourist got robbed so basically, they have apprehended, he said, thousands, thousands of people at will. So they don't have that whole thing, you know, that we have, that you have to have a speedy trial and be charged or released and all that. You know that we appreciate, you see on TV? Doesn't exist in the world. It's a great place. 
to, li- to visit, I don't know if I'd want to be. He, he told me, he says, you're way safer as a, an American or any tourist, actually, than a Jamaican in Jamaica. Now, that's from his mouth. I don't know. I'm not making a political statement about that. I'm just saying they don't have that there. Equal protection under the law. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, the, the right to life, uh, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I did this. I, I wasn't trying to be all patriotic, honestly, but, but I don't mind being patriotic. But a couple days ago, I just, I happened, something I was reading popped up with the Declaration of Independence, and I read the whole thing. I don't know if I've read the whole thing since high school, eighth grade, history. You guys remember that? You should read it. It's pretty amazing. There are people in our country, though, who feel considerably less free than two weeks ago. Have you heard that? Considerably less free. On the other hand, from a different perspective, you would say that actually there are millions that are more free than they were two weeks ago. So my question is, as Christians, and this is in a way a continuation of last week, how do you... How do you connect with the world in a way that we can convince them that Jesus is real and for them to become a Christian in the world as heated politically as it is? Do you know how divided it is? And it's almost like people turn off Christ when we're just trying to get, we we can't even get to Christ because of these issues. How do you do that? It's so heated. People are so angry. The cancel culture is so divisive because they just won't talk you, you can't even have a conversation I mean where do you go if you can't even everything's so emotionally charged I've, I've had my character attacked this week and last week in ways that just shocked me it's like wait a minute do you even know me if you knew me you would not say these things and it hurts my feelings I'll be honest my motives are challenged name calling hey how do you get past that because I'll be honest with you What I really want is for those people to go to heaven. And if I can't get to that because of this, it's an issue. Last week, I gave you this emotional reason for life. Do you remember that? And I was telling you that in our world today, you've got to start with the emotion. You've got to take them back to the emotion. You have to. Because there's an emotional argument here that, that grips the heart. It grips the heart in a way that I would hope would at least make people stop and think. And what I've noticed, and I heard this yesterday, and it really caught me, caught me, I mean, I literally pulled over and wrote this down. Do you ever do that? You're hearing something, and you think, wait a minute, that's so true today. Here's what it is. Now, I want, does anybody remember the Just So stories? Remember those Just So stories as kids we would hear? No one remembers? Just me? Okay, well, okay, so what's happening today is if somebody can tell you a story, that translates into truth now. So they had a story, someone hurt their feelings or someone, something happened at church and then that means all church is bad. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I know that was your experience, but guess what? I have stories too. I have stories who's, of people whose lives, entire lives were changed. I have stories where people were saved from, an, their, their mother could have aborted them and chose not to and their life is beautiful and amazing. My sister, I had a baby in high school, changed her life. Changed her whole life. I wasn't even going to share this today, but maybe it's God's will for you to hear this today. My younger sister was 10 years younger, and um, this was not a planned pregnancy. It wasn't even a planned event. It, it, was, it, was not, it was not her choosing. I'm just going to say that. 
She lettered in five sports. She, would, she wore, and I know it's popular with a lot of people, but she had a guy's letterman jacket she would wear at a youth group. And my youth would be like, oh, Pastor Dennis, that's cool. You let your sister wear your letterman jacket? Like, no. <laughs> I had two letters. She has five. That's all her. She, she was recruited by multiple colleges to play volleyball or, well, swimming too. And then um, her big sport was softball. So when she got pregnant her senior year, all of that ended, as you can imagine. And what she chose, she chose, she chose a family, she chose open adoption. She picked a family that she felt like would be wonderful to raise her baby. And she chose that. It wasn't even really what my parents would have chosen. They would have raised that baby. But it's what Chris wanted. So we supported her in that. And she, she placed her baby for adoption. It was the most beautiful thing. And she kept in contact with the family all, as, as soon as, all through the baby's life. And then um, it was a beautiful thing. Her daughter, Susanna, and I keep in contact all the time. She's wonderful. You know what she named her first child? Christine. After her mom. I mean, her birth mom. <laughs> and she's about to have another baby, actually. She's due in a couple weeks. Um, my point is, there are beautiful stories that come out of this. But I think what happens a lot of times is somebody might tell you a, a horror story, tell you a story, and as if that's the only truth, it's not. There are beautiful truths out there that we need to stand with and tell. There's, the fact is, there are great stories. I want to challenge you, too. If you, if you didn't hear last week's sermon, you can always go back on our website and find our sermons under the media tab. It's easy to do. Or, and then also I want to say that you can always uh, take notes. Whenever I preach, I always put the notes in the YouVersion Bible app for you to be, have access. They're private. I do not know who, who looks at it or who doesn't. It's just for you to do. And so there's links in there. There's, there's great stuff in there. All that I told you last week is a very emotional, uh, emotional reasons. Even what I just told you, that story is close to my heart. It's, it's an emotional story close to me. I know people... Uh, I could tell you story after story that's emotional, but you have them too. But here's the thing that I don't know if it was clear last week or clear in this. There's actually a very logical story in the middle of those stories. And you can use this. And I want you to think about it real quickly. It's, it's simple. Is it wrong to kill innocent human life? What would you say? We would all say yes, right? The truth is most people would still say yes to that. It's wrong to kill innocent human life. Is the baby inside a mama a human life? Innocent human life? Yes, it's innocent human life. Therefore, so this is a classic, if you're into logic, classic syllogism is what it is. Uh, We got premise A, premise B, then C is true. Then it's wrong to kill a baby in the womb. Does it make sense? Here's what I've noticed out in the world today. There's memes out there. There's a lot of things. People will, they will maybe text something or put it on Twitter or Instagram or wherever And it will get literally hundreds of thousands of likes. And as you look at it, basically what they're doing is attacking one of those first two points. So the first thing they'll attack is, is it really wrong to kill innocent human life? Because some people are actually at the point where they're saying, that's okay now. They are. If you listen to their argument and look at it, or they want to attack that second point. Is the baby really alive and is a human? To say that, I mean, science is so clear on this. And it's more clear than it was 50 years ago, honestly. Because 50 years ago, I mean, we knew the baby was alive, but we didn't know what we know now, how the baby feels pain, how the baby is in development. is so quick. I mean, the baby's mostly developed before people even know they're pregnant in a lot of cases. It's amazing. 
So really, any argument you're going to hear that's pro-abortion has to, has to violate one of those two points. And if you can get to the point with someone where you can just say, but okay, but is it a baby? And is it innocent human life? I mean, that just breaks my heart. And that's where we have to be. So my point is this. All those arguments that you're having or maybe you're not allowed to have, you need to have good answers for. And all of your answers really can be built on those, that simple, simple argument. Here's what it is, though. It comes down to freedom, doesn't it? Are you free to do those things? Are you free? I, I read something from somebody. Uh, he used to go here. Good guy, big heart. And he himself would not have an abortion. Well, I mean, he wouldn't even, he's not for it personally, is what he said. But he's like, well, people are going to make choices and they're going to sin. Should we stop them from sinning? Like, wow, that's interesting. And I just went back to it. Is it a baby? Is it innocent human life? Yeah. Is it wrong to kill him? He's like, okay, well, what do we do about that? Someone's got to stand up and say things and do things. But you have to do it in a way that deals with this. It's a heart issue, isn't it? Isn't it a freedom heart issue at the very, very root of all of it? Where is their heart? What's the heart of it all? And I think the heart is really important. That's why we support a ministry like If Not For Grace, because once you violate this, your heart is wounded. And whether, whether it comes up and starts to come up and be an issue that you need to be healed and dealt with, you know, may take a long time, may be quick, I don't know. But at some point, you're going to have to deal with that. And this ministry, If Not For Grace, the link is in, your, in there, and, and, and they're a great ministry, infg.org, it's easy to find. But also we have a crisis pregnancy center that we support for the very same reason. Resource Health is a phenomenal full-service um, uh, ministry. Some people have said Christians don't care about life except in the womb. I look at that and I think, what are you talking about? There's more. Did you know there's twice as many crisis pregnancy centers as there, are, there were Planned Parenthood centers? I don't know if you knew that. Around the world, around the U.S. It's amazing. Christians, there's so many Christians waiting to adopt I know when, when my sister chose adoption, she was literally the agency she went through in San Diego. She was given a book, and it laid out all these people's life, their, their lifestyle, their family, their beliefs, every single thing. It's amazing what is the support that is out there for people. But it still comes down to the heart. Now, I started today talking about freedom. And some of you may feel like, man, he, he got to something real serious, and he was talking about freedom. But I'm still talking about freedom. Are you free? I want you to do this with me. Total freedom is doing whatever I want. Can you just say, I want with me? Okay. 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 Total freedom is doing whatever, whenever, to whoever, however, as long as. Are you scared of freedom? That's total freedom, people. That's what our world wants. That's what it wants. Many times, and most every time, your freedom only goes so far before it bumps up next to someone else's freedom. Are you aware? I mean, we know that, right? I hear a kindergarten or young person teacher teaching this because guess what? We learned that in kindergarten, didn't we? I'm free to move my arms until what? Until it... Until it violates someone else's space or becomes a distraction to the point. Are you free in this church? Yes. But if you're being disruptive, that freedom would be curtailed to some degree. Someone would say, hey, can you do that outside? 
Our freedom is free, but many times when it comes, this is what's called the social contract. If you're going to live in freedom in a relationship with other people, then your freedom is limited in some degree. And my freedom only extends till it starts to hurt other people. And that's just the fact. If you violate other people, then you end up on other people's freedom. You end up on cops, right? There's a limit to this. We live in a society. We live in a relationship with people. And because of that, we sacrifice our freedom. Even this issue is a freedom issue. How much of myself do I sacrifice for somebody else? I don't know if there's even a better definition than a mom, than someone, a human being who sacrifices her life for somebody else. That's... That's what it is. It's who it is. If your neighbor exercises their freedom too much this weekend, are you going to be annoyed? Yes. I'm already, I'm not, I love, I love 4th of July and freedom and all that, but my neighborhood is ridiculous. I'm just saying. It's ridiculous. I, I can actually go somewhere else and enjoy fireworks better than my, I can sit on my back deck and they're literally all around me. But let me give you another example. We don't grow bamboo here, do we? I don't know why it came to my mind, but I'm just going to tell you. It's one of the most invasive plants there is. It's actually illegal in most places in California to grow it. You know why? Because it grows underground, and you can't see it till it pops up. And once it's there, oh my goodness, it's hard to get out. Do you have freedom? No. Freedom is always this way. And I already used the kindergarten um, example. but So how does this work for Christians? How does it work? How are you going to talk to people and share the love of Jesus with them when they're so angry that you are encroaching on something that they consider a right and freedom? How do you do that? How do you in love do that? How do you do it? How do you sacrifice your rights for the greater good? How is it that you can put yourselves out there for people? How can it be? How is that freeing? What does it actually look like? I'm going to say this, and I want you to really grab this. I think as Christians, you might get this. Our songs, our worship songs today said this, but do you really see it? You know what total freedom really looks like? Total freedom. It's a very selfish, lonely person. Because if you're in total freedom, it's at the expense of others. That's really the truth. God did not create us to be that way. I want to take you through this. He created it. And if you look at it, there's a designer of how life should be lived. And if you want to know how to live life, he designed it in a specific way. So let's go back really quickly to the garden. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the wild animals of the earth, the, the small animals that scurry on the ground. So God will bless them and say, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground. What do you see here? God created it. How he did it, we can debate. I love that topic. I could debate it all day, but that's not what I'm talking about today. The fact is he created it. He created it with design and purpose. There's a Greek word, teleos, that talks about this. It's designed with a purpose. If I was standing here with a claw hammer in my hands, you would see that it was designed with purpose. What for? You would look at it and think, think it's not made to tighten a screw. You would look at it and see it's not made to cuddle a baby. What's it made for? It's got a claw on it so you can lift nails. It's got an end on it that's made to hammer. It's got purpose in the design itself. That's how God has made the entire world. If you think about it, if you look at a drill bit, you know it's made for something. You may not know what for, but you know it's got purpose. Because you look at it and it's got intelligent purpose and design for it. You can see that. Look at a road. You look at a road that's in the, in the landscape, you realize it's designed for a purpose. 
the smooth part to travel on, and it's going somewhere. All of creation is like that. Everything. And the more and more scientists look into this, I'm reading this book right now that's talking about how the entire science world is kind of on hold and been turned upside down because once again, as they look closer and deeper, the DNA itself is just revolutionizing people's uh, idea of what's true about creation. It clearly has design for a purpose. And they're struggling with that because they desperately do not want there to be a designer Because if there's a designer, then the way he set the world up and the way he's told us to live is the right way to live. And they just struggle with that. So what do you see in this creation account? God made us in his image. I talked a lot about image last week, so I'm not going to do that today. But his image itself gives each and every single human being infinite worth. Infinite worth. Every single one. I love, C.S. Lewis said it this way, you never meet an ordinary human being. Instead, what you encounter every single day is eternal, God-shaped beings that are, this is the part that hurts, they're either destined for hell or destined for heaven. But they are eternal created beings with infinite worth. They were worth so much that God in his grace sent his son to die to redeem them. Man, if you could just grab that. He created us to rule the earth, purpose, to manage this place that he's given us, like a garden. If you let your yard just go crazy, it's, it's not useful. It's, it's overrun. It's, it's gross. You know, some of the things that even our, de- our Department of Natural Resources do, I'm thinking, come on, guys. Nature's great, but it does need to be managed by us because we have intelligence. God has given us this job. Man and women. He created men and women, and they fit. They complement each other. There's a reason he did it. We're, we're designed to fit. Then he said to be per- fruitful and multiply. And I'm not going to get in that today, but there's a purpose in that too. It's freedom within boundaries. I got to tell you this one story. It'll be quick. I told you my, I, I feel like I need to keep telling you these boundary stories because for you to really grasp it. I used to ride a, a motorcycle all the time. In fact, there was a couple years in, when I lived in California, I didn't even have a car because I didn't need one. They call it the land of the endless ride. If you ride, you know what I'm talking about. There's virtually no weather to worry about. I mean, it never rains, which some people think is a bad thing. If you ride a bike, it's a wonderful thing because you ride literally every day. So one day I thought I had a free weekend and I took the weekend off and I I lived in L.A. and I was going to ride up to my aunt and uncles up in Oregon and see family along the way. We have family all through California and Oregon. On the way home, um, I rode up through the center of California, Highway 5, it, it almost goes straight up. It's, it's not really great visual, but it's quick. So I did that, rode mostly at night, got up there, up to Oregon. Oregon's amazing. Then I came home on the coast. Anybody ridden on the California coast? I mean, the Oregon coast is nice, but what's cool about the California coast, anybody been to Big Sur? You're literally on the edge of California, right on the cliffs. It's spectacular. If you ever have a chance, I just encourage you to go see it. It's beautiful. The, the curves, they wind along like this. Sometimes you're on bridges that are literally the ocean is right under you, and you're, it's incredible. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And those of you who know me, you know how much I love nature and ocean. And So I was riding, the, I was riding my, my bike, and um, I was just in awe. And then I realized I was coming into this turn too fast. Now, I've been riding a long time, but... At this point, I realized I'm coming into this turn so fast 
And it just, I was just so caught up in the view. I, I, I literally looked and thought, this is it. There's no way I can make this turn. Not at the speed. There's no way. And I'm, 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 you know, I have big disc brakes on this bike. It's a big bike. I was, I was slowing down as much as I could, but there's no way. And I could hear my back tire locking up. And, in, and I was looking, and I, and you're going to think I'm weird, but I thought, well, if I'm going to go, I might as well just go and just like in the arms of Jesus in the ocean. And okay, I know that sounds weird. And then something clicked and said, no, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to die trying. So I started laying that bike over. And anybody ride ever? Anybody ever ridden? Okay. So I started laying it over as far as I could. And I, you know, I lit up on the brakes because it was the back tire was, I was, had locked it up. And I was trying to go as far down as I could. And I thought, I got to go further and further and further and further and further. And as I was going, I kept feeling something grinding. And I I had no idea what it was. I thought it was my pipes. I didn't know what it was. All I know is that I was grinding, grinding, grinding. And I come out of the turn and I was shaking so bad. I mean, I was, I was, I I pulled over. It wasn't even a turnout where I pulled over. I just pulled over and got off the bike and sat on the side of the highway. And I was, I was completely drenched. You know, I had to take, take my coat off and, and, uh, I was completely drenched. I was shaking so bad. And, um, I, I sat there, and I wasn't having this spiritual moment right there. I was just like, oh, God, thank you so much. I'm so stupid. That's what I was really thinking. But for this application, do you realize what happened there? Was I free? Yes, you're free. But what limited me in my freedom? Physics, for one thing, right? There is a limit to how fast you can go and actually turn on, on anything, Motorcycle or regardless, but, but anything. And the road is set up that way. And there are signs. Have you ever seen these things? That say 25 miles an hour or 15. You ever seen those? Does they offend you sometimes? <laughs> they do me. I mean, there's a lot of times where I'm thinking, oh, come on. You know, right? Am I right? Was my freedom limited? Why was it limited? For my good. Do you see that? It was literally to save my life that day. By the way, that's the day I found out on a, on a big Harley. They've got those pads that your feet sit on. I had no idea till that day they're hinged. Did anybody know that? I did not know that till that day because I went over and looked at the side of my bike and that hinge, that pad was sitting up like this. I don't know how I did it that low because I would never ever try that on a normal day <laughs> or any day ever again. Never wanted to get that close in my entire life to being that low to the ground ever again. But do you see what I'm saying? You can look at that and think, man, I'm not free. Or even the lines on the highway. Because when you're in that area, it's, it's really tempting to kind of cut over those lines because you can make it a lot more smooth as you're going. Do you guys see what I'm saying here, though? Yes, you are free. But the fact is that there's freedom has limits. That's why you wear a, the protective gear. The, the, you know, you've got speed involved. You've got your experience, your skill. Is there freedom in Jesus then? Yes. I want us to just read these scriptures real quick. In in Romans chapter 12, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here's the thing. You're free, and you get a choice to give your body to God. You choose that. A lot of people don't want to do that. Adam and Eve in the garden, 
rebelled, rebelled against that. They wanted to do it themselves. But when you are free, it's something that you choose to do because of his goodness to us. It's worship to literally give yourself to him. You take your freedom and you give it to him. That's how it works. You don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. You choose to be free and free of that. And then what happens is God transforms you. And in the middle of that, he transforms your heart. It's always a heart issue. He transforms you. And he transforms the way you're going to think. So you no longer obey. And it's no longer about the rules. You want to do them then. Do you know how badly I wanted to obey the rules after that motorcycle experience? No one ever again had to tell me. I wanted to. I wanted to. It changed everything. I wanted to. Romans 12, 9. Let your love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly brotherly affection. Here's the verse I really want to emphasize today. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo. That's in the, the ESV version. Outdo one another in showing honor. Genuine love for him makes you abhor what is evil. And then you give your life for one another. Greater love has no man than to give his life for a friend. Jesus said that. The reasons, those guardrails, the speed limits, all those things in life. Let me just give you an example. Another, I'm going to tell you one more quick story. Why does he say reserve sex for marriage? Why? 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 He wants to protect and provide for you. There's so many things. I mean, you know, obviously right now, you know, there's disease issues. There's, there's all these, there's pregnancy issues, but it goes even deeper. Can I tell you another heart story? There's a guy I knew in college. He was, um, when I was a residence director, he was on my floor. And so he'd gotten himself into trouble and uh, we had to do some peer mentoring counseling thing. So he had to meet with me and it was quick. I realized he, he, he just told me, he goes, I'm not really even a queer Christian. I just came here to play baseball. <laughs> like, well, no wonder you didn't follow the rules. His heart wasn't there. Do you see the difference? His heart wasn't after God, so his heart wasn't after the rules. He was living for himself selfishly and doing his own thing. So we met, and, and he, was, he, did, he did what he had to do to get by and get out of trouble. So I didn't see him for years. And then one time, I was at a youth pastor's um, event, and uh, he was there. And so I saw him, and we, we greeted each other, you know, hugged each other. And I said, dude, what is going on? What was in my mind is, what are you doing here? Right? And he goes, oh, man. He goes, all those days, he goes, I look back and think, what a jerk I was. And he goes, he goes you know, I, I gave my life to Christ after college because he's changed everything. And he goes, yeah, I just, I've been a youth pastor here for a while and, and, and doing great and God is good. I'm like, dang, that's awesome. So later we went out to dinner and, and um, as we were sitting there one day and at dinner, I'm just, we were just talking about life and talking about everything. And he was talking about how God has changed so much. And he goes, man, I just can't tell you, man, I just have so many regrets from life. What's he talking about? regrets from violating God's rules and his freedom. And then he got all quiet, and I said hi to this other youth pastor and his wife walking by who had also gone with the, to college with us. I said, hey, guys, and I'm like that. And I'm like, you know those guys. Why didn't you say anything? He goes, that's one of my regrets. I slept with his wife in college, and I can't bear to look at her. I can't bear to look at him. I just feel so guilty. You know, we talked about forgiveness. We talked about moving on, and he just said, he goes, yeah, I don't think he knows, and if he did, I would, just, I would be destroyed. I'm so sorry for what I did. Do you ever think about that? Do they show that in the movies? Do they show that on TV? Do you hear about all that? All you hear about is, you know, exploring and having fun and doing whatever you want. The fact is there's reasons for those guardrails, and God does heal. God does heal. He's doing great, by the way. 
I mean, he's doing fantastic. Outdo one another in showing honor. Let me, let me take us real quick to Galatians 5. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. I want you to shut your eyes with me for a second. I don't know everybody in the room, and even those of you who I know, I don't know everything. I'm not meant to know everything. Most of our life, our private life, is between us and God, and that's okay. But I'll tell you, as I was preparing for this sermon, I felt like God correcting me in one area or another of my life. And like, I feel like that there's times where we need to be honest and we need to tell him, God, I'm sorry for these things that I've done. God, I want to be truly free. So when Galatians says, be truly free and don't enter into bondage again, that passage is actually talking about religious bondage, about how is in their they, some of them were trying to pull back in some of the Jewish religion into their lives. And he was saying to them, no, you're free, you're free, you're free. For some of you listening to this, maybe the freedom you need is from a sin that you've been struggling with. Or maybe sin itself and you realize that you need to be free. And God offers you freedom, 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 freedom. That is beyond what you could ever imagine to live the way he intended for you to live. With your eyes still closed, thinking about that motorcycle example, I was free, but it almost cost me my life. You were free, but what I'm offering you today is for you to submit your freedom to him, for you to give him freedom over your life in a way that will actually give you real freedom. And when you live the way he wants you to live, I I can't even tell you how much sweeter life is. The lack of guilt alone, the fact that you... You avoid the pain and sorrow that is, is really built into the world when we just do things our own way. The freedom in relationships where you have trust and you have peace and you have, you're working together and the cooperation is there and all of that works right. The freedom to know, yes, there's heaven included. You're, you're going to live with him forever. So my question is, anybody here need that freedom today for the first time? You're, you haven't been following Jesus, but you want that freedom today. Anybody at all, we could just pray with you today. We'll do that today. Anybody at all? I do see you have a hand, and I appreciate that honesty. Anybody else? All right, with your eyes still closed, I just want to make this challenge for the rest of us as well. This may be you, and you may realize that there's some things you need to work on or correct in your life, and we want to, we want to help you with that. I want to also offer a time of prayer for anybody who needs prayer for anything, no matter what it is, for healing, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you you just need some guidance from God, if you need help with praying about one of these things. I'm just curious, with your heads bowed and eyes closed still, is there anybody else who you feel like, God, I just need freedom. I've I've let some things creep in and I need them taken away. I just want to surrender those to you. I want to live for you only. Anybody like that? And we could just pray with you. I see that. I see a lot of those hands. Thank you for your honesty. Why don't you do this? Would you stand with me? And if you're one of those who would help us pray today, part of the board or spouses or staff or spouses or the prayer team, if you would come forward and we want to pray. If any of you need prayer for any of those things, any of the things we mentioned, we want to pray with you or anything we didn't mention. We are open to pray with you and uh, we'll close the service in just a few minutes. So if you want prayer for something, please come now and we'll pray with you.
me dismiss us in prayer. Father, we're so grateful for your love and care for us. Thankful, God, for the freedom that you give us. God, I pray for that freedom to not only reign in our hearts, but you would help us as we spread that to a definitely a hurting world. In Jesus' name, use us today as we celebrate our country's freedom. Help us to help other people find freedom in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great fourth. Be safe. Have fun. Spread some love. Visit Sarah out at the table. 